0: The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth.
1: Welcome to BearTest.
0: Shouldn't it be considered that every breath we take is laden with highly toxic particles that are wreaking havoc in our own bodies? Particles that aren't being reported by any air quality testing systems. The climate engineering nanoparticulates are exponentially smaller And what is actually allowed. They go virtually unreported. These nanomaterials generate reactive oxygen species in biological materials, damage tissue, lead to advanced aging, cause cancer, causative agents of dementia. They might think they're doing something positive for humanity to save our species, but they're also poisoning all life. If the climate engineering operations, which are derailing Earth's life support systems, are not immediately exposed and halted. All other challenges for the human race become moot because the planet will no longer support life. We are in completely uncharted territory. Virtually the entire web of life is being systematically contaminated and decimated by the ongoing climate engineering operations. On top of all other forms of human or anthropogenic activity that are wreaking havoc in the web of life, climate engineering, mathematically, statistically speaking, is the single greatest and most immediate threat we collectively face short of nuclear cataclysm.
2: You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy, rebounders, pure organic sulfur, flash drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at VeritasRadio.com. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelric.
0: Dane Wigington. a background in solar energy. He is a former employee of Bechtel Power Corp and was a licensed contractor in California and Arizona. He has been engaged in constant climate and geoengineering research for the last 15 years. He owns a wildlife preserve next to Lake Shasta in Northern California. They put all his focus, effort, and energy researching the climate engineering issue when he began to lose very significant amounts of solar uptake due to the ever-increasing solar obscuration caused from jet aircraft spraying in the skies above his mountaintop home. He is the lead researcher for geoengineeringwatch.org and has investigated all levels of geoengineering, from stratospheric aerosol geoengineering to solar radiation management to ionosphere heater facilities like HARP. Dane has appeared in numerous films and radio interviews in an effort to educate the public on the extremely dire environmental and health dangers we face from the ongoing global climate intervention programs. Excellent. Okay. All right in five, four, three, two. I've already read the intro, so we don't have to go there. Just gonna introduce you in five, four, three, two, one. And direct from Lake Shasta, I would like to welcome Dane Wigginton. Hello, Dane, and welcome back to Veritas. How are you?
2: As well as can be, Mel, given the circumstances that we face here and that are unfolding around the planet that hopefully more are taking notice of and, and we hope looking at the sky and connecting some dots.
0: I understand. And by the way, we last spoke in 2014. How has your research evolved in the last eight years? What is new and have you come to new conclusions on a way to stop this?
2: Well, certainly in that time frame, we have greatly expanded our knowledge and understanding of what's happening in our skies, the consequences from it. I think more people are certainly taking notice of the constant climate cataclysm that's occurring all over the globe. We know that the system is completely rigged, Mel, to try to refute and deny the existence of this, these incredibly obvious atmospheric aerosol operations, the radio frequency microwave transmissions that go with them. If we're back to 2014, I've, I've had meetings going back that far with, for example, Governor Newsom in California, and the entire system knows this is going on, and, and Newsom being just a tool of that system. But the entire system designed to, again, hide and deny the, the ongoing climate engine operations uh, for obvious reasons, Mel, because the populations around the globe, if they knew their governments had done this without their knowledge or consent, crushing crops, crushing lives, societies, uh, what would you think the response would be if populations knew?
0: No, absolutely. And I wonder sometimes, Dane, there's a law, I forget which one it was, so I can cite it, that says that you cannot experiment on the population or spray above populated areas. Is this why they keep this covertly as opposed to overtly?
2: Well, there's a number of laws. For example, if we look at, let's go back even further, after Project Popeye which was the U.S. military's weather climate engineering operations over Vietnam in the 60s. They were so successful that in 1976, they passed what's called the NMOD treaty, the Environmental Modification Treaty, forbidding any such climate intervention operations. But what they didn't forbid was conducting those operations over a country's own population. And not that any government or official... uh, Organizations, militaries, global powers, they don't pay any attention to to these treaties anyway, but we have – certainly there's other environmental laws that require public knowledge or consent, but no one pays any attention to that, of course. They do whatever they want because they can. Did anyone give those in power permission to detonate 2,400 nuclear bombs? The nuclear detonations in Nevada alone that were done covertly – we now know from peer-reviewed study, we're responsible for no less than half a million U.S. deaths from the downwind fallout from those operations. Half a million. How many people know that? And that's that's just what we officially know about. So, again, those in power do what they want because they can because we have populations that are too busy looking at their iPhones to look up.
0: You mentioned Project Pompeii. What was the other project that allowed, I mean, I guess they use Agent Orange to, to defoliate the areas to, to uncover the Viet Cong, is that something that's still being used right now? And this is why we're seeing trees dying the way they are?
2: Well, that's a very important question, Now, Thank you for that. And We, we just found and posted a 140-page U.S. military document titled Forest Fires as a Military Weapon. In that document, they describe in great detail exactly what we see occurring to forests, even within the, the US's own borders, the desiccation of the forests with desiccant particles, aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, the drying out of the atmosphere, the toxifying of soils to, to kill forest foliage. And that this is again exactly what's described in this document, forest fires as a military weapon. And what is even more alarming within this document, there is about two dozen regions Studied For the best burn windows in those regions, about a dozen of those are in the U.S., including Mount Shasta is one of those burn window target regions named in this military document, as well as U.S. ally countries, countries like France, Portugal, Spain, all of which burned to the ground this summer. I think that's interesting, and especially when we know the effect of the aerosol spraying operations are exactly what's described in this document from the U.S. military, posted at humandreamwatch.org. So again, we can speculate as to motives and agendas, and we, we we know many of those. Crushing crops at this point is so consistent with climate cataclysm that it can only be considered an objective. It is far too consistent to be considered just a consequence of climate engineering. So... Uh, one thing, and, and I'll finish with this. It's important for populations to, to stop and consider the planet's failing life support systems can no longer support the global populations. That's a fact of the matter. Those in power bear the most responsibility for this paradigm, but pop- populations have been all too willing to go along. But knowing that, is it not rational to consider those in power are doing everything they can to coal populations? That's, that's a term that most people are not willing to even consider. But why would we not consider that when we have statements from former presidential advisors like Zygmunt Brzezinski, who just passed away, I think, in 2017, advisors to presidents all the way back to Johnson, stating on the record, with today's technology, it's much easier to kill a million people than to control them.
0: Well, you mentioned California Governor Gavin Newsom who seem to be at the forefront of Agenda 2030, the Green New Deal, and the climate change <clears throat> tax at low in gasoline-powered vehicles in the near future. Is this proof that he and others who sound like him, Justin Trudeau and from Canada and uh-huh. Jacinda Ardern from New Zealand, all come to mind?
2: I would put them all in the exact same category as you just have. I fully agree with you. and And for those in the environmental camps that are buying into the New Green Deal type agenda, and it's simply, at best, some of the, the, the current technologies available for alternative forms of energy, at best, are fossil fuel extenders. They're not renewable in any sense, and again, this is part of my background. My home is on the cover of the world's largest renewable energy magazine. I have solar, wind, and hydropower. I work for Bechtel Power, the world's largest engineering firm. But I've seen these facilities firsthand. I worked on them. I worked on the first commercial solar plant of its type in the continental U.S. in Daggett, California. That plant is gone. It's a blowing field of sand now. It was dysfunctional from from day one. In fact, I would recommend your listeners view a film called Planet of the Humans. They can find that online. It's about renewable energy and the fact that it's not renewable in any sense of the word. Now, In me saying this, is that any way advocating for carbon fuels? No, it is not. Just because one is bad doesn't mean the other is good. So it's important to remember the human race has painted itself into an incredibly dark corner. And the immediacy of what we face, Mel, can't be overstated. If we look at statistical trajectories, we are perilously close to hitting the wall at full velocity.
0: By the way, the bandwidth and the sound quality keeps going up and down. I'm not sure if you have windows open or if you're far away from your router, just just an FYI.
2: Uh, no, none of the above. So I'll, I'll just try to stay motionless as I can and uh, hope for the best. Okay.
0: Now, I can understand if a new generation is born watching Camtrails Trails in the Sky, uh, Dane, they, they probably would think that is normal. But I'm possible with the people who should remember the time when these patterns were not present in our skies, and they still call it contrails. Why do you think that about three decades later, and I know this has been happening since probably World War II, but three decades later from the 90s, which is when I noticed the change, most people still believe the condensation trail lie.
2: I think a form of normalcy bias, an unwillingness to to face the ramifications of being sprayed like a lab test animal, and that's indeed what we are. You're correct as far as the duration. These programs were first fully deployed immediately after World War II. In regard to that narrative, narrative, the uh, condensation trail, if you will, uh, perhaps uh, one of the greatest deceptions ever perpetrated on populations around the globe, we have up-close film footage of these aircraft at altitude, nozzles visible, turning on and off. End of debate. This is not condensation. We know that all military tankers and all commercial carrier aircraft are equipped with what's called a high bypass turbofan jet engine. It's a jet powered fan. 90% of the air that moves through that engine is not combusted. That engine by design is nearly incapable of producing any condensation trail except under rare circumstances. So people simply want to believe what feels most comfortable, Mel, as I know you know. And this trend must be broken because we don't have much time.
0: Perhaps in the 60s and 70s with older military and commercial jet engines, you could see a lot of smoke coming out of the engines. I remember going to the airport as a child and I remember smelling them and seeing the smoke. But today's engines are essentially clean fans. And they're, you said this in your documentary, they're incapable of producing any condensation trails except under rare circumstances. And if it does, they don't linger and dissipate rather quickly. If it's not condensation, it has to be something else being added. What's the additive? And we've discussed strontium, barium, aluminum, and now I hear of manganese too. What else are they putting in?
2: Graphene. Graphene too. We have, in, in the last nearly 200 precipitation tests, we have found graphene in nearly every single test, as well as polymer fibers, as well as surfactant smell. Have you noted that in these flash winter cool-down events, when it goes from cases like Denver, Colorado, that has routinely, in the last several years, gone from record high temperatures in the 80s to single digits in snow in less than 24 hours? You've seen those types of events happen, right? So we know surfactants are in the mix because we've tested for that. Surfactants are what makes soap soap, affects the molecular tension of water molecules, It makes the chemically nucleated frozen material. Again, this is an engineered surface cool down event, engineered winter, if you will, and it makes that material extraordinarily slick. So we see massive traffic pileups everywhere. People who thought they knew how to drive in the snow now don't because it's a completely different composition. Uh, I, I know this firsthand from my childhood driving through snow in the mountains where near where I lived, and and now it's uh, it's a very different composition material because it's chemically nucleated, full of toxic elements like those you just named. And in the case of graphene, what's more alarming still, graphene by itself in nanoparticle form, and all these particles are nanoparticles, by the way, the most toxic size, because the smaller they are, the more harmful they are, the more easily they're absorbed into our system. In the case of graphene, it's like a molecular and vascular machete that slices through our vascular system, and it can be used as a biological carrier. So in theory, and why would we think they wouldn't be doing this? It can be used to carry a biological from the cloud to the ground.
0: I'm just puzzled here because in the past almost three years now, and I have to watch Dane what I say because every word, as you know, is being censored, but in the stingers that a lot of people are getting, it is reported that graphene oxide or graphite oxide is included. But I've always wondered, why couldn't they deploy this in nanoparticulates from Chemtrails, and the answer that that's probably what's happening right now. If that's the case, are they using some kind of some kind of technology? I know, for example, Harp is used after the planes deploy the the, 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 the nanoparticles in order to use different sound frequencies to to you know create forms and and dissipate uh, or, or lift weather patterns to change them. But do you think now they're using graph, graphene in order to attack literally? the human population?
2: My answer to that would be why would they think why would we think that they wouldn't do this? Why would we think they wouldn't? And let me let me add this to the equation. We have an audio, we own it at geoengineeringwatch.org, an audio of the world's second most recognized geoengineer, Dr. Ken Caldera, who is a former Department of Defense scientist, and we have in his own words him stating on the record that what one of the things he did for the U.S. Department of Defense was to design methods of spraying pathogens into clouds to infect the populations below. Mr. Caldera now works directly for Bill Gates. Bill Gates has called him his, quote, most amazing teacher. When we have initial infections of the CV-19 scenario, 85 countries in three days, that's an astoundingly broad and uniform dispersion. When we have Italian scientists stating on the record that they have found CV-19 particles attached to airborne particulates, do these puzzle pieces all connect?
0: Absolutely. As you said, now, I would be surprised if they're not using it, since so many people, and by the way, many people thought that, and I don't mean to get into the CV-19 scenarios, but... The media told us that, oh, 85 to 90 percent of the U.S. population has already gone through it. But more and more data shows that it's about 68 percent. We're in the lowest uh, VED population in the world. So there's hope there, folks. But I had a discussion with a chemtrail skeptic years ago, and I asked him how he explained a trail stopping for 10 seconds and resuming immediately. And he told me, well, I'm a pilot, and it's because the aircraft change altitude it seems they just don't want to see it. Why is that? They just completely, they cannot engage in suspension of, suspension of disbelief.
2: They can't. It's like telling them their religion is not correct. Hmm. And in regard to the type of phenomenon you just spoke about, the on-off, which again is inarguable evidence of spray dispersion, some will try to make the argument that that's a, a alteration in the atmospheric composition, atmosphere, atmospheric changes are horizontal, not vertical. You don't have vertical layers in the atmosphere, which is what would be required for that type of phenomenon to have any basis whatsoever. And I would challenge people to consider if they see a documentary of a researcher in Antarctica that's whose breath is condensing, of course, because of the cold air, does that person have a cloud hanging above them? for a half hour or or an hour or two hours. Condensation does not behave in that manner. And again, we have film footage of these aircraft, nozzles visible, turning on and off. So whenever we see someone or get a comment from someone that says they're a pilot and they say whatever it is they say. uh,
1: Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more,